If you would please turn to the book of Genesis. So, Bible study can be done in a number of different modes. Sometimes uh, it's best to do in a very slow, interpretive mode of, I'm reading this thing and trying to figure this thing out. That is a perfectly valid mode, very important mode of of doing Bible study. Uh, There's other modes. There is a devotional mode. I am sitting, reading this thing, thinking through it, Focusing on, all right, how does this apply to me? How should I change my life? How should I change my way of thinking? And these two things are not opposed, but they are not necessarily the same activity. Um, It's quite possible and actually valid sometimes to do one or the other. As right now, I'm focusing on, I'm going to understand this thing. And then the others, I'm focusing on, once now that I understand it, because obviously understanding should come first, you go, okay, now let me apply it, all right? Let me meditate on this thing, um, thinking of a, what is this, what is the relevance of this thing? Another thing that's, another aspect of Bible study that's very important, which is what we're going to practice today, is which is why you have a piece of paper and a writing utensil, is a attempt to try to get the big picture of an entire book, all right? Um, the way you read the details in a book like the book of Genesis or the book of First Corinthians or many of the books is you read the details, but you often need to step back and think of the whole picture. What is trying, what is, what is the author trying to do? All right. Now, as we've discussed some recently, um, I mean, the, the book of Proverbs, all right, based on its very nature is just very, uh, from a subject perspective, just extremely scattered. All right. Many chapters are just Here's a bunch of proverbs. They're all wise, and they're all pithy, and that's why they're together. Sometimes they are gathered, though. Some of the chapters of Proverbs have themes. You've noticed this, I'm sure. The book of Psalms, all right? The book of Psalms as a whole, all right, doesn't really have an overarching, obvious, coherent, here's the big picture. The book of Psalms is a collection of individual songs. And individual songs, those do certainly have their structure and their big picture. Some prophets, when you read them, you'll go, this is a fairly straightforward account of what's going to happen. Some of them, you'll read them and go, this looks like it's ordered by subject, not by time. Okay. Often the historical books are ordered by time. And Genesis is one of those. It's ordered by time and, in a sense, subject matter. So what I want to do today is I want us to practice what would it be like, what would the activity be like to try to figure out what's in Genesis in like 30 minutes. All right? Can we get a big picture of Genesis in 30 minutes just using our Bibles? Okay? 
Now, if you have a study Bible, that'll make it even easier. But let's assume we don't have a study Bible. All we need to do this is a Bible with subheadings. Most Bibles have them. Like, for example, here in Genesis 1, I have, it says at the top, the creation of the world. Genesis 2, seventh day, God rests. Genesis 3, the fall. Okay? I've got subheadings in, in my Bible. And what we're going to do is we're going to use them as our guide. A great way to do this for a book that's, for example, not the Bible, is to look at the table of contents, all right, and do some sort of skimming activity of, I'm going to take in this book as a whole and try to get the big picture of this book. You might do that to decide if you even want to read the book, or you might do it just to get the big picture. Uh, We don't have a table of contents for Genesis, all right? I mean, the Bible has a table of contents. Your Bible probably does anyway, but it's just Genesis begins on this page and Exodus begins on this other page, which is helpful, but not what we're trying to do. What our focus today is, what's in the book of Genesis? And can we figure out what's in the book of Genesis in roughly 30 minutes of just scanning and putting together information based on the very helpful subheadings that we have. Okay? So that's what we're going to do. And for any book that is put together in a way that has a specific structure, all right, unlike, for example, the book of Psalms or Proverbs, I think this is an extremely helpful activity for us to do. All right? Because then as you dig in and jump into each individual piece, you can better understand the whole. Make sense? Does anybody ever, before they read a book, actually go through the table of contents and think through it? It's a very good activity. Um, we're going to essentially make our own table of contents of Genesis today. That's our goal, if you want to think of it that way. And we're going to do this very quickly, right? Because we have subheadings, we don't actually have to read the text to do this, unless you happen to be using a Bible without subheadings. And then you should really do some very, very quick skimming, Okay. So this is what I want you to do, and this is why I have a piece, of paper, a piece of writing utensil and a piece of paper, all right? I want you to take, for the first 15 chapters, all right, I want you to take 30 seconds per chapter, all right, and write down what's in that chapter, 1 through 15. You ready? Everybody get your piece of paper, all right, give you a second. Get your pen or your pencil, 30 seconds, go. You don't even really need 30 seconds per chapter, probably. But, you know.
You've got about three minutes. Once you've got all of them basically figured out, try to group them. What belongs together? This will totally make sense in some cases. In others, it might not be clear. About 30 seconds. What's the first chapter about? Creation. Second chapter. Creation, man, and woman. Some creation. Okay. Creation, man, and woman. Little, little, well, little different than the first chapter. What's the third chapter? Fall. Fall. What's the fourth chapter? Consequences first murder. First murder, Cain and Abel. Consequences of the fall. What's the fifth chapter? Genealogy. Okay. Okay. What's the sixth chapter? The evil of mankind. <laughs> evil of mankind. It's in the prophecy of the flood. All right. Chapter 7. Flood. Chapter 8. Flood. But also. Redemption. Redemption. Covenant with, it, with Noah. Uh, verse uh, chapter 9. 
continuing of, of that discussion, and a renewal of the be fruitful and multiply from Adam. Uh, chapter, what's that? Capital, capital punishment. Uh, table of Nations, oh, excuse me, chapter 10. I just said it. Chapter 10 is traditionally called the Table of Nations because it describes um, some um, nations that come out of the descendants here. Chapter 11? Tower of Babel. Babel. And also? The the judgment related to Babel. And what's after that? What would you you say, Kim? Mm -hmm. You've got people related. and, And that's actually super important because it, well... We'll see why. Chapter 12. Uh, Terah's descendants or Shem's descendants. It's, it's a particular chunk of family line there. Uh, chapter 12. That's right. Two, two, two things there. And then chapter 13. Abraham and Lot separate the land. 14. <laughs> in terms of Abraham Lot, the Melchizedek episode is very important there, and chapter 15. Yeah. Once again, another covenant given to Abraham. Okay, how? what are some rough group, groupings of subject matters here? One through three. Okay, you could also, um, you could also I think, group one through four, cause, or one through five, maybe. Or you could put five with what comes next. You could do one and two and three and four. What, what's the next sub- section? What's that? Okay, you've got a whole. You really got a whole Noah episode, right? And so that's going to seven through seven through ten. You can break all of these up in different ways, right? The part of the activity of breaking it up is part of the learning experience, right? Um, what's let's say, what does chapter twelve begin? All right. Right. That, right. A, 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 the covenant of Abraham and the 15 chapters were picked specifically so that it wouldn't end at a major division on purpose. And so we'll pick that up here in a second. And so you can see some major sections within here. How you might group them will depend. Just remember, uh, this, was, this was a book written a, an extremely long time ago. Um, we like whenever we're reading you know, nice histories to have things extremely well organized and all that kind of stuff. That's not what they're trying to do. They're not, they're not writing in a style for our benefit. They're writing in their own style. And there will be times where you're like, why is this story here? They had a reason and it may not fit with a reason that you may think would make sense because they are not you. And that is how it is. Um, Question. Why is chapter 11 the the what Kim was pointing out the descendants that why is that there why is that important well a, this is after the Babel thing the confusion of languages things is a huge thing right because we got to explain why there's so many languages all right why why is there what's the purpose of that descendant line right there at the end of the chapter because it introduces Abraham right Abraham the second big big hero of the narrative all right uh, what about chapter 5? What's the purpose of that? Introduce Noah. Introduce Noah. All right, so you've got a big chunk of descendants introducing your two main hero characters that we've seen so far, right? Which I think is a very interesting point. And it, tra- it helps, helps that transition. That's right. 
Okay, so now you have another seven and a half minutes. Go through chapter 30 of Genesis. If you need more paper, thank you, Elliot. Um, it's all by Samuel. Or you can turn it over, maybe.
about two and a half minutes. Once again, try to group things in a way that would make sense. All right, let's talk about it real quick. We won't go through each individual one. Here's my question. Where does, um, what's, what, what, is, what are the big divisions in this section that we've seen? Anybody? What are the big divisions? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Okay, when does the Abraham narrative end? And therefore, the Isaac narrative begin. Okay, so if you put, and this is the fun thing about how this information is organized, if you say that the Abraham narrative ends at 25, you can't say that the Isaac narrative really begins there because there's a lot of material about Isaac before that, right? And so where would really the Isaac, where does the Isaac material really begin? 21, right? That's where he is born. And... Abraham is a part of this, as is Sarah and other things, but really Isaac is the focus for most of that, all right? Maybe chapter 22, the sacrifice of Isaac, maybe not there, right? Because Abraham is very much the focus there, because as you can see later on, the New Testament looks at this and goes, this is Abraham having faith, that God could even raise him from the dead. So there is a real, there's, there's overlap here. But the Isaac narrative begins quite strongly, starting in uh, chapter 21. All right, so if that is when that happens, when does the uh, Jacob Esau or Jacob narrative begin? 25. So Jacob and Esau are born there. You also get the birthright episode where Esau sells his birthright to Jacob there as well. Okay. Uh, any other interesting major portions of this that you would want to call out? Uh, no, 
Extremely important, right? There's a whole chapter dedicated to finding Rebecca, right? And you've also got a quite a discussion there about Jacob and uh, Leah and Rachel as well, right? So that's very important. There's a lot of focus on Sarah, right? Abraham is the father of the faithful, but Sarah is very important in that narrative as well. Now, before we go on and do the last section, because the last section will be all the last 20 chapters, the purpose of this kind of exercise is not um, sure knowledge, right? You don't summarize something like this and go, now I understand everything. You summarize, all right, before you jump in and read in detail, all right? That is where you're going to narrow down and go, did I even understand this correctly? What is the right division? The point of this is to get a good picture of the whole. And also, when you, and this is the advantage of sometimes, of reading something that's even hard to read very quickly, because you will start to see repetitions, all right? It's hard to see repetitions in a book if you read it extremely slowly and just see little bitty details one day at a time. But if you read through it, all right, you're going to see some things happen a lot. All right? Like, for example, one thing you'll see in Genesis a whole lot is God talking to people, telling them that, he, that they should essentially, in these words or not, be fruitful and multiply. All right? It obviously started with Adam and Eve. It then happened again after Noah. That's not all that different, I don't think, than what, whenever J- God comes and reconfirms his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Because basically what he's saying to Abraham is what? You're going to have a lot of descendants, as many as the stars in the sky. All right? What is that other than being fruitful and multiplying. So you see these things by taking in large chunks of text at a time. And then it's a separate activity, I think, and should be understood as a separate activity, to go back and read in detail, to think, okay, now let me make sure I got my big picture correctly, and also try to understand things at a very um, minute detail level. Okay? So we got 20 more chapters to go. All right, 20 more chapters to go. You get, being generous, given our time, nine minutes. Go.
about three minutes left. Okay, what's our major division in this section? Or if there's more than one division, what would they be? All right, Jake, there's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Esau, Joseph, right? Even though Jacob is alive all the way until chapter 50, 49, right? 
Uh, clearly, Joseph is the center of the narrative, starting at what chapter? Starting in chapter 37, Joseph's dream, right? And then he's sold. Now, uh, what chapters don't obviously fit within any of these narratives? What's that? 38. 38. So 38 would be the Judah and Tamar episode. Okay. Um, is there anything else that doesn't quite? 34 doesn't quite fit. Right? The defiling of Dinah. All right, why is that super important here? Uh, what about 35? Okay. The vengeance. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it does seem, at least to us, kind of random. All right. They were apparently important enough stories for them to record, and they needed to fit them in somewhere. And so they didn't take them way out of the, you know, the time of the narrative, and so stuck them in there. But it might not be obvious to us why exactly, why exactly are these exactly right here? Anyway, yeah. In a sense, it doesn't, right? Because after this, Esau is not important. But that kind of thing is super important because he is a child of, uh, of Isaac, right? And so therefore, he is important. And also, later in the biblical narrative, right, Esau and his descendants are very important. And so, yeah, specifically for the, the rest of Genesis, Esau's descendants are irrelevant. But very important, when you get to later parts of the first, you know, first few books of the, of the, of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch. Right. Okay, so if there were a table of contents for you to look at, all right, that will give you an outline, and you will find things like commentaries or study Bibles that will give you more detailed outlines of things. Um, those are useful, but going through the activity yourself and doing it brings that knowledge into your head in a way, I would argue, that looking at someone's outline doesn't do. All right? And so a good way to do this kind of activity would be, you know what, I want to understand the book of Genesis better. And so go through and, did, and do this. All right? we, it didn't take us very long to do it. All right? Go through look at this chapter headings, dip in occasionally into the text and go, what is this about? I had to do that a few times because and some of the chapters didn't have headings because it was right in the middle of a narrative. And so I'm like, okay, now let me make sure I understand what's in there. But not very long. Just dip in a little bit, try to get a basic idea of what's going on. And then go look at the outline that might be in a commentary or a study Bible. All right? Still use those kind of resources. I would certainly never say don't use those kind of resources. They're very useful. But by doing this yourself, this can be an extremely good activity just to get the, the whole text within your head. All right? And also, whenever you see these things that stick out like a sore thumb of... This is all. Uh, this is a very coherent narrative, except that chapter. Why is that chapter in there? That's a good thing to notice because sometimes that'll make you go. Maybe I need to think about that and why that's there. For some cases, you go. It's just because they really found genealogy is very important, and because Esau and his descendants do be do become very important within the context of the following narrative. Therefore. The descendants of Esau, as chapter 36, seems weird, but it's, it's, it's there for a good reason. But for others, 
Why is this particular story here as, as interesting as some of these stories are? Why is the, is the uh, defiling of Dinah there? All right. Why did that need to be captured? There's a reason. We believe so. Because God has the scriptures the way he wants them. We may not understand the reasons. And so from this point, what you do is you now look at other resources, but then you start digging in and doing detailed study yourself and start checking your outline. Yes, Jonathan? Could 34 be in there? Because um, 34 verse 1, Now Dinah, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to see the woman of the land. She's directly, Dinah's directly related to Jacob. Mm-hmm. So could that be why it was yeah, that, that would be why it's there as opposed to someone else. Uh, excuse me, somewhere else. The question would be, why was this chosen to be in here? What, what, what is it for us that we're supposed to learn specifically from this story, right? Um, why is Esau's descendants where it is? Well, because it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to put it later. And it certainly doesn't make a whole lot of sense to put it way before he was born. All right? And so it kind of makes sense where it is. Why, but why is it there? Two different, two different questions. So now I recommend uh, spend some time this week studying Genesis. Think through it. Pick a section. Start from the beginning and see how well your, um, your outline holds after you do a more detailed reading. Or start somewhere in the middle. If you're like, this section looks really interesting to me. I'd like to figure this out. Then go through and read it All right, in a more detailed level. Practice reading the scriptures at different levels. All right? Skimming, very useful. But don't always skim. That's a very bad idea. Devotional reading, very useful. Well, so is very close reading to understand things, to make sure you're interpreting it correctly. All are valid activities. Uh, any final thoughts before we dismiss? Because we do need to be done soon. Anything? Yeah. Developing that skill is like incredibly useful, especially whenever you come to something like the, the New Testament. Mm-hmm. You realize that several of Paul's letters, in particular, the whole thing is an extended argument. Mm-hmm. If you can, if you just pick it up and just start reading it without appreciating that, and be like, okay, that's the end of the chapter. Now tomorrow I'm going to read the next chapter, and you don't put these things together, then. I can honestly confess that for years I read things and didn't put them together until later I realized that sometimes the chapter divisions are arbitrary and the ideas, it's, it's like incredibly genius because he often says, but you're going to say this, and so I say this. Um, yeah, totally. See those narratives. And it is totally okay to get frustrated at the chapter divisions and go... Did you really think this through? That, that will sometimes happen. Okay. Thank you for all participating in the activity. Jonathan Simpson, will you please pray for us?